This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. We have the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders next on the schedule. And that, that is what we're going to preview here in this podcast. want to just say on the front end, I, I, I'm getting over a little cold from my weekend in Texas. Rowdy, uh, rowdy weekend in College Station. Uh, I think it was just more like <laughs> run down, you know, late game, early yeah, flight yeah. back. I need, I'm an old man now. I need my sleep. And uh, so I think it caught up with me on Tuesday. I woke up with a fever, but feeling better now. Just a little stuffed up. No more fever. But if I sound weird, just wanted to explain that why. Um, and we are going to get into Middle Tennessee State here in this podcast, but before we do that, Gabby, I just want to open with some recruiting stuff. Um, and really, there's two guys in particular, I think, to touch on in this quick little recruiting minute. Let's start with the higher rated guy, and that would be four-star wide receiver Tyler Williams out of Lakeland. Uh, I guess he's a guy that's going to announce soon. Is that correct, Gabby? And And there seems to be a little bit of a late push here by Miami is that is that all fair to say yeah we're I mean we're we're less than a week out from a commitment from Tyler Williams he's making a decision on Tuesday September 27th so about five days from now and yeah I mean Miami definitely making a late push right I mean he showed up uh he showed up dirt like for the home game against uh Bethune Cookman to open the season that was a, a pretty big surprise across the recruiting industry Miami wasn't in a top group of finalists that he had kind of dropped sooner. And Miami's definitely been pushing in, in, you know, the the weeks since, even before that, even to get him on campus, they had been pushing prior. So it's looking like Georgia, Miami might be the two teams to kind of watch out for here down the final stretch. 
Uh, we'll see if Tyler Williams makes it back down to South Florida. I've been checking in uh, with sources basically every day, all week. And, and since Monday, really, uh, you know, there's been some confidence that they're going to get him back down. That would be a really, really big deal uh, considering obviously the decision timeline. And uh, you know, if George is maybe trying to make a last ditch effort to try to get him back up to Athens. So if he does make it back down to South Florida, that would obviously be a great indication on where he's leaning. I don't think that's the end all be all of where he's going, but I do think that that would give Miami one last opportunity to potentially close things down. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. The other guy I want to touch on too is Northwest Miami Northwestern's Jamari Ford. Um, who's I guess technically a running back, but yeah. he's kind of a gadget player too. I mean, he's, he can be very impactful in the return game on special teams um, I think you could put him in the slot as like a smaller, like a running back that can play in the slot, kind of like an all purpose back type player. I think we've championed him a little bit here in this podcast, but sure. let's start with just reminding the listeners what he is as a player, describe his size, what he does well, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, he, he is small and like, yeah, he is really, really small. Like, he, I mean, I think he's listed at five, six. Uh, that's probably that's probably accurate. But man, I mean, you, we talk I mean, talk about kind of like lightning in a bottle. I mean, just insane twitchiness. Uh, his ability to change direction on a dime is is pretty absurd. I've seen him make just an absolutely ridiculous play in seven on seven where he just made like like legitimately made like six or seven guys miss. And it ended up going viral. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure it made it onto ESPN. I'm not a, I'm not a thousand percent sure on that, but I remember it just going absolutely like massive on social media. Um, I mean, this is just honestly an insane athlete, uh, you know, really just a football player. I think that's the best way to describe him. Like, you know, he's kind of the type of guy that you want the ball in his hands and he's typically going to make the right decisions, uh, find the right creases and uh, make people miss. And then it definitely has that extra gear where he can be pretty explosive. So uh, again, the size is probably what is keeping some people maybe just hesitant or anything like that. Uh, but the talent itself is is really undeniable. And then Miami is starting to kick the tires. How would you describe this? Yeah, I think kick the tires is a fair way to, um, you know, kind of put it. I don't I mean, there's no official offer out or anything like that. Um, but it does seem like they are kind of intrigued. Uh, you know, they're going to bring him in for an unofficial visit on Wednesday, like next Wednesday. So I believe that's the 28th. Uh, so, you know, I guess it'll, it'll be an opportunity for him to be on campus to meet with some of these guys. But, I mean, he's no stranger to Coral Gables. I think he's a Coconut Grove kid uh, that plays at Miami Northwestern. Uh, so, you know, this is kind of like, you know, his typical general area where he grew up. And, yeah, you know, I'm kind of a fan of Miami, at least exploring that option. Because, again, when uh, the ball's in his hands, I mean, there's not a lot of people in Dade County that uh, do it better than he does. And really his value, I think, would just be like, if you just if Miami decided to go all in on Jamari, the value there is for the next four years, you know, you have your punt return and kick return specialist uh, in that phase. And, and you know, we saw we saw the the importance of, uh, you know, having reliable returners against Texas A&M. Uh, and, and frankly, I'm OK with giving a guy a scholarship if. He can be a productive returner for four years. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with it. I think, uh, 
you know, even a couple of years ago when we were talking about Malik Curtis, I mean, that's kind of where we thought his value was going to be. Like, you know, maybe he comes in and becomes an okay cornerback, learns the position, but really we felt like his value was at, was as a return man. And, you know, it, I, I think it's an, like we, like we obviously saw against Texas A&M, it's important enough to invest in that position in, into someone that can do that really, really well. So if that's the way that Miami views Jamari Ford, which my understanding is that that's pretty much what they see him doing, because again, he does it at an elite level. You know, I think that's something that you kind of roll the dice on. And, uh, you know, so I would, I wouldn't be opposed to Miami going that direction if that was something that they wanted to do. And then you never know what happens in the running back room. We saw often it kind of got, um, you know, as we crept closer to the opener of the season. And I don't think he's someone that cannot play running back, uh, yeah. you know, at Miami with, you know, obviously big time blockers and other guys in front of him because he is really electric, uh, you know, and he does have the ability to, to be kind of a home run hitter or just a big play chunk guy. Yeah. He brings as a running back, he brings a change of pace yeah. element that's always valuable. Um, you know, I think there's something to having different styles in the running back room. Sure. You don't want them to all look the same. Um, all right. Transitioning now to the game this week, Uh quick little injury update on Miami's front. Um, Reported on Monday that Jacoby George sustained what sounds like to us like a right-hand injury, could potentially be a thumb injury. Um, Timeline-wise, I don't have much clarity. I, I'll say my understanding is that it could be a few weeks at the soonest, so hopefully that is the case, but... Uh, in the meantime, Miami's receiver room takes another hit with depth, which is unfortunate because Jacoby, you know, he's a guy that does have a lot of talent, still has a ways to go in terms of consistently approaching things like a pro. Um, but this was going to be an opportunity to prove himself. And now he's sidelined. Another guy there. Another injury update I think worth mentioning is DJ Scaife. Coach Mario Cristobal said he injured his ankle against Texas A&M, but it sounds like he's going to be fine for the most part. Uh, is he going to be full speed this week? We'll see. I guess, Gabby, what's your take on Jacoby George and what that means this week? Yeah, um, you know, I think, I mean, I, I think obviously it's a big loss as <laughs> Dave, while David has a cop attack in the back. Um, I think it's a big loss for Miami. And, uh, you know, again, I feel like he was one of those guys in that. And just given the situation with Xavier Estrepo being out, um, you know, Jacoby George was kind of that guy that stepped up, uh, you know, in, in, in a way, you know, made that big play that kind of got them, you know, into scoring position. And not that the receivers did a, a ton, but it felt like, you know, Jacoby George was one of the guys that they, Felt like they could lean on, you know, Tyler Van Dyke kind of took a shot in his direction, which shows that, you know, he at least has some, you know, faith that, you know, he can go up there and make a play. So, you know, I think Jacoby George was, is someone that, you know, again, it, I, I just don't think the room could necessarily afford to lose another guy. Um, and Jacoby George, obviously just coming back. And I think he showed some promise as a true freshman last year. So don't love that he's out obviously, but it's kind of got to be a next man up approach now. And, uh, I'm excited yep. to see how this, uh, how the unit kind of responds uh, against Middle Tennessee State in a game where I feel like you know they could definitely find some success. 
yeah, at this point, you got what you got, and yeah. you just gotta figure it out. I don't know. We can we can complain about the wide receivers until we're blue in the face, but bottom line is this, this is what you got, and you gotta go produce. And uh, these guys have plenty of speed and traits to get open, um, and so Josh Gaddis has to figure it out. Um, all right, Middle Tennessee State. This is the. Uh, Gabby, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is a revenge game of sorts. Ooh, this is, is it? the this is the third meeting between Miami and Middle Tennessee State. Okay, and, and Middle Miami, Tennessee won the won the last one. Miami's zero and two against really? the Raiders. Oh crap! That just cha- that changes everything. Changes everything. The they played each other in 1931 and Oof. 1932, with Middle oh. Tennessee winning both games. Wow, just I, I those 1931 canes, man. We got we got we gotta do yeah. it for them. Gotta do it for the 1931-1932 canes. I think Middle Tennessee State blanked Miami in both those games. So wow. Lots of prove for this op for the offense here. I mean, there, there's gotta the, the just nerves gotta be at an all-time high in the in Coral Games yeah. right now. Just 90 itch, years itch, later. Yeah, got gotta do it. You gotta Grudge do match. it. So uh, you know, big picture wise, we'll just start with the offense, middle Tennessee state air rate style of offense, 30 points per game, 310 yards per game, 195 passing yards per game. Quarterback is chase Cunningham, who is five eleven, hundred and eighty eight pounds. To me, the offensive line is kind of meh, kind of average. Wide receiver group, kind of average. It's kind of, it's kind of just like an av- like personnel wise. They're kind of average on offense. Um, and to me, this week, in terms of defending Middle Tennessee State, it's more about defending a system right. rather than defending the personnel. This is a week, you know. It, it's kind of similar to like the passing version of playing the triple option. It's assignment football. Uh, the defenders need to get to their drops, keep their eyes on the quarterback, and tackle in space. Gabby, the little bit that you watched of Middle Tennessee State, what did you think about their offense? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's definitely kind of, you know, I mean, I think it's it's pass heavy. Uh, I mean, again, I watched them against their only quality opponent, which was uh, James Madison. I don't think Colorado State's having a very good run at it, and. I'm not going to judge them too much against Tennessee State. So I watched them in their opener against James Madison. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they definitely like throw the ball a lot. Uh, again, like what you mentioned, I don't know if the personnel necessarily puts any fear into my heart. Uh, I mean, Miami, you know, Miami's kind of dealt with some drops. It's, it felt like Middle Tennessee dealt with some drops in that game too. Um, the quarterback, I think, you know, I, I'm not sure he's, again, he is not a guy that I'm necessarily shaking in my boots over. Um, so, I, I mean, I think with the way Miami's defensive line plays and, uh, yeah. you know, how they kind of get after it, I think they're going to give them a really hard time. David, we talked about earlier how, like, this middle, middle Tennessee matchup comes at the right time, kind of coming off of this Texas A&M game. I think it's going to be an opportunity for them to just kind of reset and, uh, you know, play a good game against a team that I I believe after watching they should handle uh, pretty handedly. So, uh, 
I, I mean, I'm excited for the opportunity for the defense to kind of get after it. And you're right. It's defending a system. I think they put themselves because they throw a lot. I think they put themselves in a lot of third and longs, or at least they did against James Madison. And then they kind of struggled to convert. So, uh, and they're not necessarily taking, you know, a ton of deep shots. And even when they do, it seemed like they struggled to connect on some of those. So I think it could be yeah. a good opportunity for a lot of, for the secondary, for everyone to kind of just play a, a sound game and, and walk out of hard rock stadium with a, with a big win. Yeah. Their quarterback doesn't really have the arm to, to throw it deep or even throw it outside the numbers consistently. Um, in 2020, Kevin Steele played against Mississippi state while he was at Auburn and Auburn won that game 24 to 10. Of course, Mississippi state was then led by Mike Leach. And in that game, Mississippi state had, 221 passing yards with one touchdown and two interceptions. Auburn had six sacks. So, um, you know, the talent advantage up front that Miami will have defensively, I think will play a big role. And then again, tackling in space, particularly in the middle of the field, because that's where this quarterback Chase Cunningham is going to look to do most of his damage. How about the defense, Gabby? What struck you about that side of the ball from Middle Tennessee State's perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think that they have a couple guys that can kind of get after it up front. Um, you know, I think that they do a good job at times of, of kind of creating pressure with just four guys. Uh, you know, it seems like they kind of like to put pressure on the quarterback. And you know, look again, I only watched that James Madison game. And, you know, it did feel like, uh, you know, Duke's quarterback, Todd Centeno, who had a who's from Palm beach County pride of the five, six, one, you know, he had a great game, but he did have to move the pocket a lot. And he may honestly made some really incredible throws. And, you know, I thought he played a, a really, really good game too, but I do think that they did a good job of kind of like, you know, putting some pressure on and, you know, I think he kind of diced them up a little bit. I'm not sure how strong they are, you know, on the second level of that defense, but it seems like that front four has a few guys that can definitely kind of get after the quarterback. Yeah. I'll say this defensively. I mean, they're a four-down defense. I would call them an attacking style of defense. Yeah. Honestly, it reminded me a lot of like watching the Manny Diaz style of defense, just the way they want to play, uh, kind of a high-risk, high-reward style. And that's reflected a lot in their stats here yeah. in recent years. They're top 10 in the country right now in tackles for loss. They're averaging nine tackles for loss per game. Sacks, they're top 10 in the country for sacks per game. Uh, they, they forced six turnovers this year, yeah. last year, they led the country in turnovers. Yeah. Uh, they were like plus 28 or something last year. Yeah. Well, they forced 22 or sorry, 32, um, and which again was number one. Yeah. And you're right. D line wise, they do have talent, particularly Jordan Ferguson, who's yeah. a veteran guy. I think he's like a fifth year senior, six two two seventy DN that, uh, kicks inside at times on passing situations. Uh, I think he's good enough to play it like Miami. I think he's good enough to push for an NFL roster spot next year. Um, I think he's number nine uh, for the listeners who, who want to pay attention to him. Um, Middle Tennessee State, 23 points per game, 334 yards per game so far this year. I do wonder against a team who's more talented like Miami. I do wonder how aggressive they will be, uh, you know, compared to these first three games they've already played here in the season, because uh, there's been times in these first three games where 
they've been ultra ultra aggressive up front and that has opened themselves up to big plays on the back end that kind of happened at the end of the Colorado State game so in that Colorado State game uh middle tennessee jumped out to a 34 nothing lead like in three quarters and uh you know Colorado State hit on some big plays i think in the third and fourth quarters to get it to 34 to 19 just ran out of time uh special teams wise one thing to watch with them is they've already blocked a field goal and they've already blocked a punt um this season so that's impressive specialist wise it's kind of nothing special but uh yeah that's that's all i got Big picture-wise, Middle Tennessee State, you got anything else to add? I guess one other thing to mention, Rick Stockstall yeah. is uh, is their coach. He's been there. So this is their this is his 17th season there, which is an impressive run. I think that makes it his first season there was 2006, um, which also means he has a little bit of a track record against Mario Cristobal too, from when they were both in the Sun Belt and Mario was at FIU. And I believe Stock still has a four and two record against FIU when Mario was there. So he's a guy, former Florida State quarterback, uh, likes to throw it around, longtime Clemson assistant. Um, so he's a veteran coach that's seen a lot of football. So let's take a break there. On the other side, we will break this game down from a Miami perspective and just kind of what we hope to see on Saturday afternoon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. Again, this game is at 3.30, Hard Rock Stadium, ACC Network on television. Um, Gabby, let's just start here. What we want to see on each side of the ball. How about offense? What do you want to see? Yeah, I think I want to just see them kind of move the ball. Again, just watching James Madison and how they kind of, I feel like they kind of like methodically moved it. And then as they got into, you know, um, as they got into middle Tennessee state territory, uh, they started taking some shots at the end zone. So I think it could be an opportunity for, again, I think Miami's going to, I don't know. I feel like, you know, middle Tennessee, if they're going to, you know, give Miami a hard time, I think it could be in the run game. Cause I do think that they do a good job uh, up front there. And against Southern Miss, I feel like Miami struggled at times, but I'm confident in what Miami can do on the ground. So um, I would like to see Tyler Van Dyke, you know, get in, get some guys into the end zone a couple of times. Um, I feel like Miami runs a pretty similar style of offense that James Madison run, uh, you know, kind of motioning tight ends in for the running game, using a couple two tight end sets. 
and um, you know, kind of just giving it, you know, giving their outside guys some some opportunities when they're not trying to run it. So, uh, you know, Todd Centennial threw six touchdowns in that game. Uh, not saying I expect a six touchdown performance from Tyler Van Dyke, but you know, I would like to see him kind of have one of his, you know, 300 plus yard, three touchdown type of game. So I do want to see that kind of get going. And, you know, I think it could be an yeah. opportunity for some receivers to kind of, you know, maybe start building some confidence as they get into ACC play. And obviously we're going to need to see some guys step up there, uh, especially on the outside. So I do think that this presents another opportunity for them to maybe kind of figure it out. This is a hundred percent a game to force the issue yeah. with, with trying to get the passing game going. Um, it's a big question mark coming off Texas A&M. It's a lesser opponent this week. You're going into a bye week. You want to have that confidence going into the bye week, which then goes into the start of ACC play. So 100% right. Get the passing game going. That needs to be at the forefront of what they're trying to accomplish this week. Defensively, what do you want to see? Yeah, I think it's I think it could be an opportunity for the secondary to just kind of like have another like stack another good performance. Again, you're kind of like I love what you said earlier. Like you're almost defending against the 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 scheme. Like you're defending a scheme and you know the way that they kind of go five wide, they go four wide. Um, you know, they they would like to pass the ball and they like what well, you mentioned I think in one of the earlier or maybe so I think someone mentioned it. Or maybe it was Mario Cristobal in his press conference like they use kind of like the short passing game as almost like an extension of their running game how they'll kind of get the balls yeah. to the receivers and have some guys block for them so you know I think it could be just an opportunity for them to be aggressive to them for you know DJ Ivy uh Tyreek Stevenson those guys I think it's going to be a chance for some of the nickels like let's see if Daryl Porter to Corey Couch those guys I think they're going to have to contribute in this game just the way that uh Middle Tennessee just throws so many skill positions kind of out there. They go, they go empty and, you know, it, 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 it just kind of goes high pace. So I think I'm excited for the secondary to kind of be challenged again and see if they're up for it. Cause you're, you know, you get the bye week and then you're going to come up against another, you know, pass attack with Drake may and North Carolina. And he's uh he's definitely spinning the ball all over the yard. So I think it could be a good uh, opportunity for them to kind of, again, have some more confidence going into the bye. I just want to see the defensive line impose its will, yeah. which, I think it will. I think all three lines for Miami's defense should. Yeah, it was should. not good. They were not good against James Madison. That out that yeah. Tennessee offensive line. Personnel wise, it's 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 a big mismatch. I think so. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be hard for them to consistently work the passing game this week against yeah a defensive line like Miami's. For sure. Which, a, lot of th- a lot of third and longs, which would be good too. And then yeah. get st- getting off the field on third downs, I think would be big too. Cause I think there's going to be those third and long opportunities that Miami's kind of struggled with at times also. Agreed. Which transitions to kind of my answer, I guess, for the matchup I like most from a Miami standpoint, I like Miami's D line against middle Tennessee state's O line. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, I, to me, I think that's the biggest ma- mismatch on the field is just like, I just think if there's an opportunity for all these guys to kind of to kind of feast back there just because lots of sacks. Uh, yeah, lots of sacks. I think they're going to have to get rid of it really quickly and I think that they again, I don't know how methodical um Middle Tennessee State want, wants to be. I think they definitely want to kind of push it a little bit. Uh but I think in that James Madison game, they only have I think uh Cade Cunningham, I don't know, it's not Cade Cunningham, that's the Pistons basketball player. Chase Cunningham, Chase Cunningham. Uh, I think he only averaged like 5.6 yards per completion, so uh, not really, yeah. not really hitting those long shots. They might try to get it out quickly, but uh, 
you know, I think that there's going to be opportunity to, to create some havoc back there. And he's not a great runner either. So I feel like you can kind of get to him, you know, I feel like you can kind of make things hard. Yeah. He's not like overly athletic. He right. can run a little bit, but yeah, he's not a guy that scares you with his legs. I mean, you do want to contain him in the pocket. Um, I guess crafty would be the cliche way to describe his running ability. I don't know what matchup, not worries, but what matchup are you watching closely in terms of like, okay, you want to see how they perform because, you know, it might be a question mark or something like that to you. I don't really know if there's like, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't want to just, continue to pour on the receivers that's probably where i'd go but i mean i think i want to see maybe the offensive line have another good game like you mentioned the defensive line and how they kind of move guys around i think middle middle tennessee showed some looks again in that in that one game that i watched where they kind of threw some of those stunts out and that obviously uh, i think gave miami some trouble against southern miss so i think the communication up front for the offensive line is something that i want to continue to see progress the right way i want to see them protect tyler van dyke like you mentioned they're going to kind of come in and, and try to attack. So I want to see how that front just continues to hold up after, you know, obviously a, a pretty strong showing against Texas A&M. So kind of see if they come out with that same energy, that same productivity, and uh, if they continue to kind of dominate that way, I think that would be a, a good indication on, you know, where they're going to continue to kind of trend towards, you know, the rest of the season. I want to see the linebackers in coverage. That's kind of been like an up and down thing for Miami this season. Tackling in space when because Middle Tennessee is going to hit some receivers in space. These linebackers are going to have to come up in space to tackle, particularly the weak side guys that are playing right now, Wayman Steed and Keontre Smith. You got to wrap up, bring those guys down in space, close on them quick. So I want to see how the line, because I think middle of the field is where this quarterback has to throw the ball. Um, So we'll see how they do defending that area. Um, Let's see, where am I? Guy that needs to step up for Miami. I'm going to go Tyler Van Dyke, man. I'm going to go Tyler Van Dyke, and I'm going to, you know, again, I, I think it's a, I think he needs to kind of get rolling. And, you know, I think that it's, again, there's a chance. I mean, I think uh, um, James Madison had a receiver that caught like 11 passes for 100 and like 50 something yards with three touchdowns, you know, not saying again, not saying someone needs to have that type of performance, but let, let, let's push the ball downfield. Let's get your, the playmakers, your ball, get, get your playmakers, the ball, um, you know, in, in some explosive plays. And, you know, so I think it's important for Tyler Van Dyke to kind of, you know, settle down a little bit and, and put some of those balls in places where the receivers can catch it. And then of course, for the receivers to create that separation where they're able to, to make some plays. So I think this this is a, a Tyler Van Dyke game for me and uh, I'm looking at him. This is a Josh Gaddis game for me. I think oh, he yeah? needs to step up. Yeah. Okay. I think I think he's got to open up the offense a little bit more. We gotta we gotta be willing to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. Yeah. I understand the receivers are a question, but I still think you need to establish that a downfield passing threat as an option is there because. The Texas A&M game, it was just obvious that they were only going to throw the ball, you know, within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage, it felt like. Um, Try to open up the offense a little bit. Let's have some 
some better play designs in the red zone in particular. I'm fine with the play designs between the 20s, but in the red zones, let's be a little more, let's let's give Tyler a little bit easier reads. Um, you know, I looked at the, so I went back and looked red zone touchdowns. Um, obviously, no red zone touchdowns against Texas A&M. I'm talking passing. No red zone passing touchdowns against Southern Miss. Against Bethune, Tyler threw two 16-yard touchdown passes, one to Mike Redding, one to Xavier Restrepo, uh, but that's against FCS competition. So you got to be able to pass for touchdowns as well. You know, we saw that last year. That was kind of Miami's strength in the red zone last year when it came to scoring touchdowns. Tyler threw 13 red zone touchdowns in his eight starts against ACC teams. So at least one a game, one and a half a game. Um, you know, Tyler can do it. We got we to gotta drop some play designs to force the ball in there. And I get it. Like there are limitations at wide receiver. I am not, I am not overlooking that, but this is what you got. Figure it out. This is what good coaches have to do. Sometimes you got to figure it out. You got to draw it up. You got to scheme it up, scheme it open. So to me, this is a Josh Gaddis game. I would think he's under a lot of pressure this week um, because he was not able to I'm talking about internally, like inside the building from Mario Cristobal, who's a very demanding coach. His offense didn't score a touchdown on four red zone trips. And his wide receiver unit was pretty poor, had multiple drops in the game. So those are both his areas. And so he needs to have, he needs to step up this week. Do you think it's unfair that I went with a coach for that section? No, no, I don't. I don't think so at all. And I, I mean, I think you're all. I mean, I think all your points are are super valid. So, no, I don't have an issue with that. Potential player of the game, you can't go Tyler. You already used that bullet. No, no, that's fine. I'm not going. I'm not going Tyler. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Leonard Taylor. And again, I'm just kind of referring back to like the only solid competition that I saw. But uh, you know, I definitely saw the James Madison defensive line kind of have have their way um, in that game. What is it? Totaled 14 tackles for loss. So I'm looking at a at a defensive lineman here. I'm going to go Leonard Taylor, who's definitely flashed in, um, you know, just through a couple games. And I think that he I, I think against this level of competition, like when he kind of gets his his way, he's just like so disruptive, so dominant. I think this is a, a game where he can be very, very active in the backfield. So looking at Leonard Taylor to have a, a big tackle for loss uh, day for Miami and, uh, you know, come out with the player of the game honors i'm gonna go james williams i think again defending the middle of the field this week i think is going to be important if i'm kevin Steele, i plant james williams in the middle of that field give middle tennessee state's quarterback thinking twice about throwing it there when you got a six foot five 220 pound safety standing right there probably not something you're going to want to test very often Plus, I do think James Williams is going to be fine running and tackling in space in this game. So I will go with the defensive player as well, James Williams. Betting line, Miami, last I looked on Caesars Sportsbook, 
is a 25 and a half point favorite. The over under is 52 and a half. Which, which one of those do you like? Um, I kind of like them both, honestly. I think I would take Miami both minus 25 and a half, and I would probably take the over under 52 and a half. Is that crazy? Well, which one, over or under? No, I would take over on both. Over, like, I would take okay. Miami minus 25 and a half, and then I would take over 52 and a half. Okay. I think, well, my score prediction has me uh, not taking Miami minus 25 and a half. Okay. And taking the under. Ooh, we're on so opposing ends here. We are. So we'll, we'll see. Your prediction, sir. What do you have? Yeah, I got. Well, I just wrote it down here. I got Miami winning forty-four to thirteen. Um, I just don't know that there's. I don't know. I just wasn't super impressed with the middle with the Middle Tennessee offense. And when I thought like you know air raid, I thought I was going to see more. Um, you know, Colorado State. I think uh, I, I know CBS is dropping that bottom twenty-five now every every weekend i i just keep seeing you like that i do i actually love that i really okay. really do love that it's who is the creative. bottom who's the very, very colorado bottom. state's usually down there i can't remember who okay. it was this week but colorado state was like one of the worst and i'm not sure if it's like 25 is the worst team or one is the first team or like <laughs> one like number one is the worst team like i'm not sure how to read it but i always see colorado state in there so i'm not so like and then i think they played tennessee state I, I mean, I just didn't think that offense was very productive or efficient yeah. against James Madison. Air raid That's... is generous. It, you know, it's technically not an air raid. It's more like a water gun raid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's not. This isn't Mike Leach, uh, yeah. you know, all, any of that type of stuff. I mean, this is a this is not a high power arm. I don't think the receivers are all that good. There, there wasn't a ton of guys. They, they made one play downfield and it was for a touchdown. That, you know, honestly, it was kind of a receiver making a good play. Uh, I thought it was good coverage, too. But, you know, I do think that this is kind of a bounce-back opportunity and a chance to get the the offense rolling and all that stuff. And, shoot, if Todd Centeno can throw, can just spin it all over the yard on, on Middle Tennessee, I sure as hell hope that uh, that Tyler Van Dyke can, too. So um, that's why I'm kind of taking Miami and, and points. So I have 38 to 13. So, okay. you know, a little bit little bit better than the Southern Miss t- game. I, I do think Southern Miss is a better team than uh, Middle Tennessee State on both sides of the ball, honestly. Uh, Middle Tennessee State's defense is decent, though. I just, their offense to me is kind of below average in terms of personnel. Uh, but yeah, should be a good week to get right for the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Hopefully they hit their stride a little bit in the passing game here against a lesser opponent. Get that confidence going uh, into a bye week because ACC play is right around the corner. So we will end the podcast there. Appreciate everyone listening as always. Until next time, take care. Take care.